1: i This will Shabbos, w ko moi ובני יושב ומקווה שיאבון ותיד Gale Eli Yosef בסתר אליום אלוש אמרת אני אקד בשמחה על פי אתה וHaigayon
3: And look at the other one, and
1: look at kolam lucha one, and look el the shiratam. one, el
0: Jam in the AM. Friday morning broadcast at 91.1 FM. 90.1 FM in the Catskills. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Round the world on the web, jam in the web, org, and of course on the NSN app. Welcome to the very first day of 2016. Let's hope it's a good year for everybody. That's all I could say. 2015 had a lot of. A lot of challenges, a lot of things that reminded us how crazy this world is and how uh, precarious so many situations are. Here's hoping that 2016 is uh filled with a lot of great and wonderful news. It's Friday morning on this January 1st, day 20 in the month of Teves, the year 5776. Tufshin I Involved It's Arab Shabbos Parsha Shmos Let me make sure I have this right <laughs> I think I have it right Erev Shabbos Parsha Shmos With uh, candle lighting time 4.18 on this Erev Shabbos 4.18 Is your official Candle lighting time On this Erev Shabbos 41 degrees outside As it continues to be Relatively mild In this area of the country Actually, in the entire country, it seems. 61% humidity, Windsor West at 12 miles per hour. Morning clouds, afternoon sun, a high 44 for this era of Shabbos. Tonight, clear skies, low of 32. Tomorrow, sunshine, a high Shabbos, 43 degrees. Ooh, forgot to check the uh, weather in Yushalayim, although <clears throat> people are talking about the uh, the snow that's happening in Jerusalem. Let's see what the official weather forecast says. Here in Jersey City, we're at 41 degrees on a Friday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM. Well, you shall I am officially right now with rain and wind and gusts up to 30 miles an hour. Wow. And they are in the low forties at the moment in the, uh, in the holy city of Jerusalem. And it looks like it's going to be a very, very, looks like it's going to be a very, very wet Shabbos. Uh, in Yerushalayim. Temperature's actually dipping into the low thirties tonight. So, uh, maybe there is a, um, possibility of snow. Um, again for tonight in Yerushalayim. The uh, Jerusalem Post reports. Israel remains in the grip of a winter storm that dumped 30 to 60 centimeters of snow on the lower plateau of Mount Hermon. Fierce winds combined with precipitation of rain, sleet, and snow forced the cancellation of school and Sfat Friday. Israel remains in the grip of a winter storm that dumped 30 centimeters of snow on the lower plateau of Mount Hermon. As of 7:15 this morning, snow continued to accumulate there. More of the white stuff is expected throughout the day on Friday. In higher, elevated areas, they chance that it could fall in Jerusalem. Local and regional authorities began to make preparations Wednesday as uh, forecasts showed thunderstorms, drops in temperature, heavy rain for much of the country over the next few days. The incoming storm is typical for the season, caused by an upper air trough with cold air from Russia, accompanied by a depression from Cyprus. This according to the head of Israel's Meteorological Services Climate Department. First time this season we're having this wintry system. It should bring some significant rainfall for the north. The day before, the authority had warned that Lake Galilee's water levels were plummeting due to the lack of substantial rainfall in the north so far this year. So, reminiscent of uh, almost exactly two years ago, a drop more than two years ago when uh, we were there for the blizzard of December 2013, Yerushalayim. Wow, it was it was completely enveloped with snow. I mean, it was it, it was I mean, a couple of feet, a couple of feet of snow. I'll never forget that. It was a, uh, and it was also at the end of the week, Thursday, Friday, Shabbos. Finally, by Sunday, we were able to move around, and Sunday night, I was able to get a flight out of Israel back to the United States. But that was, uh, one crazy episode, to say the least. Uh, God Elbaz had Minam Etzar, you heard of Shamru done by, uh, Natan El Hershtik. The Tomer died, that was Isaac B. Tone, Baruch Levin's Yom Zed, it's brand new from Bunny Atem. Yali Greenfeld with Hodu. Zamru done by Simcha Leiner and, of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. 20 minutes before 7 o'clock, Malcolm Homeline, one hour from now, we'll do a weekly update on this very first day of 2016, 7.40 Eastern Time. we Yudin, of course, coming up. Plenty more between now and 9 a.m. Thanks for joining us. If you have the day off, thanks for joining us. If you have the day on, thanks for joining us. You are listening to JM in the A.M.
4: Won't you join?
3: The sun slips behind the mountains, and the darkness of night begins to fall. Oh, light a Shabbos candle, so when the stars pierce through the heavens, you will hear the Queen of Shabbos call. So light a Shabbos candle Bring light into your home Bring love into your heart Bring peace into the world A burning fire Deep in your soul soul. Well, six days a week The sweat drips down my cheek, my aching body, oh it's tired, I feel small, well six days a week, my troubled mind is weak, and I... The scandal to escape the darkness, the struggle, and the turmoil, and the strife. Well, I'm waiting for the sharpness, so I can ponder my existence, and bring real meaning to my life. So will love the world so they will know. We are all guests of the master, the master of creation. So watch the Shabbos candles as they glow. So gather around all Father Abraham, you are the children of Israel that he loved. So when you light the Shabbos candle, his spirit rests upon us, and the light of freedom shines from above. highways through the heavens above
5: Good shubis good shubs. Good shabbis, good as good, good shubs. Good shabbis, good shubits. Oh, good shubis, good shabbis, good s Talk.
1: small
0: J.M. in the A.M. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos on this very first day of 2016. It's the 20th of Teves. It's Erev Shabbos, Parsha, Shmos, and candle lighting is at 418. 41 degrees, morning clouds, afternoon sun, a high of 44. Malcolm line coming up in the 7 o'clock hour. We'll do our weekly update here at J.M. in the A.M. Rumor has it that there has been hail in Yerushalayim, not snow, but hail, and it could actually snow tonight. Temperatures going down to around 30 degrees tonight in Yerushalayim. So they may see some snow. Mendy Werdiger had Bowie V'sholem. You heard Eitan Katz before that. Hashem Melech done by the cast of the Waterbury Yeshiva album. Shabbos Candles, that's our Baruch Ched and Company. God Elbaz with Mina Meitzar. Shamru. That was Netan el with Tomer Dai from Isaac B. Tone. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM Dial Broadcasting Live. In the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Golly, like it's in the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. And as I said, Malcolm Homeline in the 7 o'clock hour, our first weekly update of 2016. That'll be happening. If you just uh, keep your radio dial where it is or stay tuned to the jmnam.org website or the NSN app. Uh, Rabbi Yudin, of course, with words about Parsha Shmos. Plenty of great programming on our stream all day long at jmnam.org and on the NSN app, including... The Kedem presentation of our incredible Arab Shabbos music mix that goes from nine from ten a.m. rather all the way until candle lighting time. Friday morning broadcast. It's J.M. in the A.M. at a minute after seven o'clock. Galitzal news from Israel is coming up next. And I thank you all for tuning in. Big thank you to everybody who provided wonderful Thursday programming for us. Yesterday, Thursday is always an amazing day on our stream at jmnam.org, and it's much appreciated. Galetzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Friday follows next. We say Boker Tov from the Am.
6: גלי צהל השעה שתיים, כאן שיבל קרמי מנסור עם מה שקורה עכשיו. ישראל צפויה להעביר בשעה זו לידי הרשות הפלסטינית גופות של עשרים ושלושה מחבלים. כתבנו טל לברם. ההחלטה להשבת הגופות התקבלה לאחר שמערכת הביטחון שגם כך לא תמכה בהחזקתן בישראל, הצביעה לירידה מסוימת ברמת האלימות בשטח, כאשר אי השבת הגופות יצרה ציסה בשטח. עוד שתי גופות מחבלים אחרונות הוא בשבוע הבא. הרשות הפלסטינית שר הביטחון משה יעלון מתנצל בפני ראש מנהלת חומה יאיר רמתי על האופן בו הודח מתפקידו יונתם דניה.
2: בשיחת הפרישה שערך הבוקר יעלון עם רמתי הוא אמר, על הדרך בה פורסמה הודעה על סיום תפקידך נדע להפיק מכך לקחים יעלון התייחס גם לסיבת ההדחה חובתנו להקפיד קלה כבחמורה בכל הקשור לסוגיות ביטחון לידה בוודאי כשאדם במעמדך אינו מקפיד על הכללים, גם היא רמת יהודך בתפקידו בתחילת השבוע, לאחר שנמצאו במחשבו אישי מסלחים מסווגים.
6: חייל מגדוד נצח יהודה בחטיבת כפיר נידון ל-21 ימי מחבוש לאחר שנשכו האישי הונף בידי משתתפים באירוע שקונה חתונת השנאה. כתבנו אינבל תמיר.
3: החייל שם כי לא פיקח על מיד ליד בין החוגגים בחתונה. כזכור, בתיעוד האירוע נצפה אחד החוגגים כאשר הוא דוקר את תמונתו של הפעות ובשה, שנרצח בתוך כך, שני לוחמים נוספים מהגדוד נהנשו לאחר שהשתתפו במעשה אלימות נגד הצירים פלסטינים. אחד מהם יעבר לחטיבה אחרת, והשני יושעם מתפקידו כלוחם, ויישרת בתפקיד מנלתי. בן
6: 56 נעצר בכפר סבב, שניסה לבצע מעשה מגונה בפומבי באישה ובילדה בת 12. כתבתנו شتايف שטייפ מדבר חדקידתו מסריקות שערכה המשטרה, נלקח האיש לחקירה. אחרי הבעלה מפיגוע במינכן, משטרת גרמניה חושפת עוד פרטים על חוליית הטרור. כתבתנו קרן בן מורדכי.
3: מפקד משטרת מינכן אמר כי התקבלו שמות של חשודים שמוצאם בעיראק ובסוריה שעל פי החשת יכננו פיגוע. אם זאת ציאג בטוח
0: שהם נמצאים במינכן. כמו כן, מהממשל וגובריה נמסר כי מספר השוטרים בתחנות הרכבת חד, ואין לגבי השעות והימים הקרובים.
6: בחיקה רבים בתל אביב הבגינו כמאה פסיכולוגים העובדים בשירות הציבורי במחאה על שחיקת סחרם. אף אחד לא יודע כמה
1: הוא אמור להרוויח. המשיר אפילו לא יודעים מה לדרוש. הם כל הזמן מסגנים אותנו.
6: כתבתנו קוראל יעקבי מוסרת כי המפגינים מחו על הסכם הסחר במגזר הציבורי שנחתם לאחרונה בין ההסתדרות למשרד האוצר. לטענת הפסיכולוגים ההסכם החדש לא יוביל לשיפור בתנאי העסקתם. מאולפן גלגלץ נמצר כי בשל מזג האוויר נחסם לתנועה ברמת הגולן כביש 98 מאין זיוון ועד מסעדה. באזור אין גדי נחסם לתנועה כביש 90 של שיטפונות בנחלי מדבר יהודה. התחזית הלילה יהיה קר במיוחד, וגשמים מקומיים ירדו מצפון הארץ עד הנגב, שלג ירד בהרי הצפון, וייתכן שלג קל בהרי המרכז. קר. החדשות רחמימוב, טכני, קורן.
7: I am the Lord, ki God, my 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 such as <laughs> Let me get yoim Koydesh. Yoin chapus, son aha chapus, <laughs> Koydesh. Ahahaha, Kayin, ahaha, Kayin. Koyi is behind, don't you can die, is behind, don't you can die. Hey me, Ki Usol v'dugim <laughs> dechol matamim. Ebusol v'dugim dechol mataramim. Yaim 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 zayem 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 zegsar kaal bai Young so fast, you I will so you do. I I I'm i
0: in the a.m., the great Rav Shlomo Kalbach, of course, Bowie V'shalom, Yom Zed, done by uh, Miami Mizrach and by the Friedman family, under the direction of Avraham Avram Fried from Maizadi Zmiros here at J.M. Friday morning on this very first day of 2016, a good 2016 to everybody, 2015 continued to reaffirm to all of us how crazy this world is, <laughs> and how there's so many challenges out there. Let's hope with the change of the calendar we get into a uh, into an era of uh, more peace and happiness and understanding. It's Erev Shabbos, Parsha Shmos, candle lighting at 418, 418 candle lighting, morning clouds, afternoon sun, high 44, lots of rain and possibly some snow in Yerushalayim for tonight. We're at 41 here in Jersey City as we say good morning and uh, wish everybody a wonderful Shabbos here at JM in the AM. I want to thank Matis Weingast and our incredible staff here at JM in the AM. Uh, Matis and the uh, uh, the people who uh, sat in for me, a uh, mayor, mayor, and Randy while I was away, gave me an opportunity to actually take those days off, and I thank them. As usual, amazing job here at jm and during my absence, and I thank them very much. Uh, we have a uh, custom that we have here on certain days to study Sefer Avat Chesed of the Chavetz Chaim, the laws of Chesed with the commentary of the Nativa Chesed of the Chavetz Chaim. In memory of my mother, Esther Basar Beosef Halevi. And um, the uh, Chavetz Chaim continues, If one of these two poor men, two poor people, have uh, approached somebody for a loan, if one of these two poor men is his relative or comes from his city, he takes precedence. As the Pusuk states in Shmos: the poor among you. And someone who's a relative or is from his city is called among you, and it is a mitzvah to give him precedence. Please study carefully, the Chavetz says, Yerodeah... Uh, that one's neighbor must be given preference over the other residents of his city, and the impoverished of his city must have lived in that city for at least 12 months in order to qualify as, quote-unquote, among you. However, if he bought a house there, or if he intends to settle there, then he is immediately considered as being a resident of that city. Uh, yet another interesting piece of uh, uh, Jewish law from the Sefer Avas Chesed, the Laws of Chesed by the Chavetz Chaim, and, again, uh, we uh, do this here at JM in the AM, and I thank you for your patience and indulgence for when we do it. Uh, in memory of my mother, Esther Bas Reb Yosef Halevi. 21 minutes after 7 a.m. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos at JM in the AM. Candle lighting at 418. Malcolm homeline minutes from now with the weekly update, or by Uden, of course, coming up with Parsha Schmos and plenty more. Make sure to keep it right here at JM in the AM. J.M. in the A.M., 7.30 in the morning on a Friday, Erev Shabbos, very first day of 2016, imagine that. 20th of Teves on this Erev Shabbos, Parsha Shmos, candle lighting at 4.18. Yaakov Shweki, who's, of course, headlining the big Hass concert January the 10th. You can go to hasconcert.com for information. That's him with Kamu Baneha. R.E.A. Mizmar Mizmarshir, you heard Shlomo Kalbach in there with Boi Shalom, and the best of Rp Shlomo Kalbach. Want to take this opportunity... And uh, wish a Mazel Tov, a happy birthday Mazel tov, to Menashe Brander. Menashe Brander is celebrating his uh, secular birthday tomorrow, January the 2nd, his Hebrew-Jewish birthday on Sunday. So uh, we are utilizing the opportunity today on a Friday, J.M. and the AM, to say happy birthday, Menashe Brander, from all of us here at J.M. and the AM. And... um And we wish him the very best. I uh, also wanted to wish a mazel tov to um, Avi Lipa Waldman, whose ufruf is this Shabbos. We say mazel tov from all of us here at J M and the A M. You know, last week, many of you—well, some of you knew, many of you did not—that there was a a special gathering that took place in the five towns. We call it the N S N Nachum Siegel Network Shabbaton. And to many of you, it may not sound like a big deal because how big could the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network be? You might be asking yourselves. <laughs> uh ba- barely um, barely a significant percentage well I shouldn't I shouldn't put it that way, a significant percentage of uh, staff members of the Nahum Siegel network attended. many unfortunately could not. but I s- put it that way just to emphasize the incredible growth that we have had over the last few, few years in terms of people who are doing shows and who are hosting programs for us who are involved, whether it be on this show or others, uh, all through the 24-hour, six-day-a-week schedule, which is pretty amazing. And the um, the event was hosted by the Wallach family, under the leadership of Miriam L. Wallach, general manager of the Nachum Siegel Network, and she joins us live via telephone. Good morning, Miriam L. Wallach.
8: Good morning, Nachum Siegel. How are you?
0: Everything is good. Was just wanted to... I felt there were a couple of things. First of all, it was amazing for everybody who could to get together and... Um, and really spend some quality time over Shabbos together. You get a big thank you for that, as, your, as does your family for hosting the entire event. So a big... well, it
8: was true. First of all, it was truly our pleasure having everyone together. is always fun, whether it's posting pictures from different network events like paint night or a barbecue or this. We, we thank God we have a good time together, and when you put people. Who talk for a living in a room together, you know, chances are there'll be some energy if you understand what I'm saying. (laughs) So it was, it was really a lot of fun. And the kids, I think that was one of the points that really hit everyone was that we were watching the kids just get along and not all of the kids knew each other in advance and some of them did. And that's great, but everyone was having a good time and it was, it was, it was fun. It was fun watching Mayor Weingarten. Play headbands with two of my little kids. It was, it was fun. Is he an expert we, we, now at that game? I'm sorry, is he, yes.
0: is he an expert now at that game?
8: I don't know, but he's definitely better than I am because <laughs> I won't even venture into the headbands world. But he, um, but it was just fun. Like we all had a good time, and there was a lot of laughter, and there were you know sentimental moments where you referred to Paris, and we talked about the initiative, and we talked about unity, and we talked about how unity starts at home, literally. So inviting everyone into one space that wasn't a wasn't a hotel, wasn't a hall, but was my home really was very meaningful to me and to my family, and I think added a a an angle that and a warmth that the that everyone felt overshadowed. Well, no,
0: I'll certainly uh, I'll I'll second that, and also thank those from the community, both among the uh, leadership and um, and members of the community who came by and uh, express that as well. It was really nice. Miriam al is with us. I want to thank everybody who made the Shabbaton possible, and that means I want to take this opportunity publicly because there were a lot of people, obviously, who helped out, a lot of things that went on, a lot of people who, who baked and prepared and helped you in, in different ways, shapes, and forms. Uh, but there are a couple of people I want to single out because uh, our staff members who we get to work with on a daily basis, uh, Jamie Turkel and, um, and Yoni Pollock, uh, they put in a lot of hours. They put in a lot of hours of assistance, of help, of staying on top of things. Yoni over Shabbos, really staying on top of things. And I just wanted to publicly thank them. And uh, and and I guess uh, if Paris wasn't enough of a welcome for them to this team, <laughs> then it certainly was.
8: Right. And the truth of the matter is Yoni Pollock was in charge of piggyback rides and horsey rides and all of that stuff. So that was also very, very helpful for Shabbos. <laughs> but when you when we look back and we do a postmortem, you know, we all play... Monday morning quarterback, saying, what would we do differently? Number one, Yoni Pollock would not be in charge of the challenge quantity. That is never happening again. You mean the, not... o-
0: the over-ordering was, uh, we, we lay that blame right at his feet?
8: Listen, he gets a lot of credit for things that went right, but <laughs> I will not I will not be buying four trees of challenge again. <laughs> that This will not happen. Um, and, uh, yeah, one one thing that Rochelle Domic asked me was, what would I do differently? And I said, we have more baked goods than I could have ever imagined. Yeah. One thing. And everyone, by the way, every single person who baked is an exemplary baker. It yeah. was not a, no, nothing personal. There was not a Duncan Hines mix in the mix.
0: Yeah, no question. So
8: it was really, um, it was really wonderful. Everyone got sent home with care packages. Thank you very much. And we, we really, we had a wonderful time. Thank God. And, and truth be told, and I've said this a thousand times and it bears being repeated that if it wasn't for your leadership, this this network, this feeling, this chabaya, whatever words you want to use, it just wouldn't exist. No one would feel the need or desire or want to get together and spend Shabbos together if it wasn't for the fact that we all rally around you. So I thank you for that.
0: Well, I thank you for that. Uh, there's one other thank you I'd like to get to this morning. Because, as we said, you know, a lot of people help prepare, etc. There's nothing like um, the the kindness, generosity, and friendship of a gentleman named Leo, or Lipa, at the Filler Up Wines on West Englewood Avenue in Teaneck, New Jersey. And uh, you know when he heard that there was a network Shabbatone, he just basically said, you know, whatever you guys need. And and a lot of people do that for us, which is always, it's wonderful, and it's, it's a great feeling when people want to participate in events, etc., but... I don't know. When it comes to him, it is done with such incredible enthusiasm and generosity. I just wanted to, again, as I've done in the past, just thank him publicly. And I know that you know that he goes beyond the call of duty every time that uh, that we approach him for anything. So I wanted to just mention Absolutely.
8: that. Absolutely. And he and and his contribution really added to our Shabbos in many many ways. And and I personally want to thank him. And I, you know, I feel a little left out. I've never actually met Leo.
4: You've never met him.
8: No, you'd think, you'd think I'd been around the block here a little bit, but I've never met Leo. And for the number of times we go to Teaneck, I think it's time to pay him a visit.
0: Next time we have one of those power dinners in Teaneck, we'll make sure to stop by and say <laughs> hi. I can tell you that much. Because that, sounds,
8: he, that sounds good. That sounds like a plan.
0: He is amazing. Leo Lipa down there at Filler Up on West Englewood Avenue in Teaneck, New Jersey. If you see him today or any day, you make sure to say hi from us here at uh, the Nahum Siegel Network. Uh well Miriam Al Wallach, thank you. Another great accomplishment. It's much appreciated. Have a wonderful Shabbos and uh and continued success.
8: Thank you, Nachum, and to you.
0: There is uh Miriam Al Wallach, a little review of what was a fabulous Nahum Segal Network Shabbaton last week. Much appreciated. Again, a big thank you to the Five Towns community. It's rabbinic leadership, its lay leaders, those who uh, came out um who wanted to hear a lot about Paris and everything else that's happening with the network over the uh, last few months. Much appreciated, and it was great getting together with those who were able to, uh, and we should continue to grow as a network and as a family. It is really unbelievable to watch how this continues to grow the way it does. Malcolm Holmline is coming up. He is the Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He will join us coming up with the weekly update at JM in the AM. <laughs>
1: Se <laughs> te lachte ho Bem eu emashvili lelo ike ho Oi chavos lois sa se voi belo chavos lois Zephu, Nicolian, give love love Oy shavuva v'asturoi lomim. Oy rishoyin hulevni hikra oy Spey no ye, shall stay left and it's Ich hab's bewuht, Nikola, wie weit sho was fürn Hammer, ich hab's bewuht, Nikola, wie i We
0: J.M. in the AM, That's David Gabe, 13 minutes before the hour Friday, Erev Shabbos at J.M. in the AM, it's Erev Shabbos Parsha Shmos with candlelighting at 418 on this Erev Shabbos. Big thank you to our friends at JewishWorldReview.com who continue to enthusiastically recommend our great live stream to all of their readers. Big thank you to our friends at com who continue to utilize our material in their big news feed, which has become extremely popular worldwide. Thank you, OnlySimchas.com. Check it out, all the smachot and all the news, certainly unique news to the Jewish world. Uh, seems to always be there on their site, and we thank them. Very first day of 2016, we are here on this Erev Shabbos with 41 degrees, morning clouds, afternoon sun, a high 44. Looks like maybe some snow later tonight in Yerushalayim as temperatures drop into the 30s and the wet weather continues over there. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations and joins us for the weekly update here on this Friday morning, the very first weekly update of twenty sixteen. Mr. Holmline, welcome back to JM and the AM.
9: Uh, Bokotov, it's good to be with you again. In can you a new year.
0: can you believe nope. that a that a year from now a year from now we will just be ready to inaugurate a brand new president. And who knows, you know I look back I said this earlier in the show, I look back at twenty fifteen. If there's one thing that this past year reminds us about is how crazy this world is, how (laughs) we are living in very, very challenging times, and times where things change in an instant. Think of the difference between the way 2015 started and the way it has ended, and it's simply just such a marked difference, it's unbelievable. And who knows what this new period of time, people like or don't like when I say new year, but what this new year is going to bring. Who knows? And like I say, by the time we do this again next year, please God, or you know a year from now, we will have elected a brand-new president. We'll be waiting for a uh, for an inauguration. So It
9: is true, but it could be a very long year. Um, I think people who who think that uh, either the president is going to step back and uh, just rest on his laurels uh, are very wrong. I think this president is going to work to the last minute of the last hour of the last day. He has goals. Uh, as he talks about his legacy issues Uh they made me do a lot more interviews, like uh, he did with uh, Seinfeld. But uh, the fact is, at the same time, they are moving ahead with uh, a more defined agenda. And also, I think all of those who who engage in the predictions, it's like the people who predict what the stock market will do. You know, they can all claim, at the end of the year, some interpretation that uh, validated the, what they said. But the fact is that no one can tell you today where nobody would have told you a year ago where we would be today uh, in regard to many of the issues that we discussed.
0: Oh, that's for sure. And you wonder who that new president will be and what difference they may make. And you know what's interesting? I was thinking about this uh, yesterday. It, it, the, the, and it became a, it, they got back into the headlines together, uh, President Obama and Prime Minister Netanyahu, because of this situation, uh, wiretapping, um, whatever other methods were used to infiltrate, you know, the conversations of the prime minister, et cetera, whatever the accusations are. It is amazing how the two of them will have spent all this time at the helm of their respective positions. You know, it's one thing we know in, in the United States, you get eight years, you've done the maximum, and, and sure enough, it's close to a decade. And Prime Minister Netanyahu... I don't know. Is, is it that he's had no competition all these times? <laughs> is it that he's such a political expert that he's able to fend off all the opponents and maintain his position as prime minister? It's it's incredible the length of time that he's remained in power.
9: It, it is, and he is going for the record to be the longest-serving uh, prime minister, and the the um, president. Well, he served his the, the constitutional limit, right? Uh, but it, it is. Um, you know, there is, a, it seems, a dearth of, of people. There's no one, if you would uh, assess the public opinion in Israel, who draws broad support to challenge the prime minister today. And uh, we see in the political machinations here in America that, you know, you don't see a, a single individuals emerging, but uh, on the, certainly in the Republican side, this panoply of, of candidates uh, and on the Democratic side, while Hillary is, is very strong, you don't see that there's this kind of broad support. Obviously, when they get into the conventions later this year, they'll all rally behind their candidates and go into the last part of the silly season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's um, I think there's a universal factor here about the question of leadership.
0: Yeah. Sometimes I wonder if it's just people who, you know, have reached a certain age, not to indicate that you or I have done so already, you know, look look back with great favor at the leaders of yesterday. Because, you know...
9: Yeah, but we tend to glorify them and and to forget about uh, some of the conversations, um, for instance, with Ronald Reagan. Everybody today glorifies him as this great friend of Israel, which he was. But at the same time, we had serious issues, Bitburg, AWACS, other things that were... Is serious, and at this time we see, for instance, in Israel, where people emphasize, you know, the, the, rightfully, the there was another attack shooting this morning. It seems in Tel Aviv. We don't know yet the nature of it, but the, uh, the you know the knife of fada, these other things. And yet, if you look at some of the international indices, the Human Development I- Index, it shows that Israel's life expectancy. This is measured against 1980. Is up by 8.3 years to 82.4. At that schooling, it went up to 12 and a half years, and um, the the Israel's uh, per capita income from 15,000 under 15 to more than 30. And this is better than many of the most developed uh, nations, including in terms of the number of people employed, including the number the the rate of unemployment is amongst the lowest. Amongst the highly developed things, and what won't be a surprise is that the number of mobile phones per hundred people <laughs> <laughs> is the highest. <laughs> it's 121, which means that you have 1.2 phones per per uh, person. <laughs> but it's only one example, and this this just came out and and has not really been absorbed fully. But it's it's an indicator that. Uh, you know, we, we, we tend to look at the tsars and the, the negatives, that, and we try to highlight good news, too, uh, every week. I know you try to to look at some of the other issues, uh, including the new discoveries, which continue. Uh, you saw Israel and India launch the Barack 8 missile system. It was successfully right. tested in the Indian Ocean. Mm-hmm. Here, India, a billion people turns to Israel and, and highly developed engineering uh, infrastructure uh, for for technology, etc. And yet they turn to Rafael for the the interceptor missiles produced by Rafael, and the radar is produced by uh, IAI. It is a remarkable statement. I was thinking about it uh, as I saw the the report from the about the uh, conditions of life, and you compare, for instance, to Russia, where life expectancy has gone down. I think it's in the high 50s for, for men, males in, in, uh, That's in Russia. That's it? It's gone down, yeah, from the 60s down to the 50s.
0: Incident that Malcolm alluded to. Initial reports said a shooting incident has taken place on Rehov Dizengoff in Tel Aviv. Four people wounded, and uh, obviously the circumstances at this point remain unclear, according to the Jerusalem Post. Alright, so let's get to this story. Um let me just read to you for a moment. A new report from the Wall Street Journal reveals that NSA wiretaps found that the Israeli Prime Minister and other officials of the Israeli government attempted to and most likely succeeded to bribe American legislators in exchange for their support against the Iran deal. So first of all, tell us about the, you know, how commonplace this is that the, that the activities of the Prime Minister or other officials in Israel would be monitored by the NSA. That's number one. And again, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure they would say that it was they were monitoring the officials in Washington. And secondly, you know, do we know the level of truth to this story? Not to put down the Wall Street Journal and its credibility, but I mean, to what degree can we believe that this actually happened?
9: Well, those are uh, those are very important questions that we've been wrestling with all week. Um, Is it hard to believe that it takes place? Not at all. Is it? Uh, acceptable, But as you said, if they were just monitoring American lawmakers, that's an even gro- g- uh, greater violation. Yeah. And the um, they said it was limited to discussions with foreign officials. And it came out at the same time as in the announcement that they had stopped monitoring uh, Merkel of Germany, other leaders who took great offense at the fact that their phones were being monitored, and, and yet decided that the one country that they would continue to monitor, the one leader, that we know of, maybe there are others. Was uh, was Netanyahu? They obviously have not acknowledged it yet how extensive it was, or uh, it was clearly an attempt to monitor what was being done to mobilize against the Iran legislation. And uh, I think we will. We have certainly expressed our outrage about what what happened, and and the fact that uh, according to some reports that American Jewish leaders uh, conversations were also. Uh, A monitor It doesn't say whether those were internal conversations or external, you know, with the Israeli officials. But even so, it's, it's, uh, you know, the argument will be, well, everybody does it, which is true that everybody does it. But when we said it about the other way, you know, people got angry. But here becomes then a legitimizing for the United States. And I think members of Congress will be examining this very closely appropriate venue and they will be demanding explanations and hopefully the intelligence committee which has access to, to that and they do a lot in uh, in camera in, in uh, confidential hearings uh, will uh, as some of the members have said but it's important it shouldn't be a partisan issue it's not a Jewish issue this is a really an American issue it's a civil rights issue civil liberties issue and I hope that we will get to the bottom of it.
0: Some of your phone conversations could have been monitored.
9: And w- even the one with you every Friday morning, I hope. is
0: Well, that's me. easy to monitor. I'm talking about the ones that are more <laughs> difficult, the ones that take a lot more technology. <laughs> right.
9: Uh, you, you always have to go on the assumption that somebody's listening to something because you can't it, it, seriously, this is something that people don't know, but it, it doesn't have to be the government. I mean, people listen to your conversations all the time. It's not, it is not hard to do and you just have to assume that that is the case.
0: And what does bribe American legislators mean? Bribe in what way? Don't we don't know if that means financial payments. We don't know if it means some type of political capital. We have no idea what that means. Exactly. Wow.
9: Uh, that's a very serious charge. And, uh, and I think that, above all, will get members of Congress um, mobilized.
0: Um you'd have to assume most white house if in fact the white house behaved this way or util- or tried to utilize this information to their advantage it would have to be assumed again as we look back with great favor toward administrations of the past <laughs> that most administrations, i don't want to say all but most administrations you know go about the same tactics when necessary or when they feel it's necessary
9: it's hard to say. Uh, we know that in the past it certainly was done, and that's why they passed legislation. It was done by by the Obama administration. It was done, I'm sure, by the Bush administrations and previous administrations. Engage in uh, while well, these, these security agencies engage in some form of uh, monitoring of uh, foreign conversations. They are not supposed to be doing it. I think domestically, but I think it would be naive to to assert that. It's not happening.
0: It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9, on the FM Dial Broadcasting Live, from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world on the web, jmnam.org, and, of course, on the NSN app. Reminder, great programming all through the weekend, including JM Sunday with Matt this Sunday morning between 7. And 9 a.m. on our stream at jmnam.org and on the NSN app. And yes, we have a weekly update today. Maybe New Year's Day, but we have a weekly update. Malcolm Holman is with us. He's executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. The, uh, we we got to talk about this uh, uh, situation in Israel with the Shin Bet. Um, many people at this point know what happened. <clears throat> that this summer there was a an attack on a on an Arab family. Three people were killed, including a baby. And, uh, now between this wedding video that was released showing people celebrating this type of activity, uh, with accusations flying every which way about what the Shin Bet is or is not doing and what right they have to or not to, uh, try to, um, uh, a, a, a get information from any of the detainees, how the detainees are being treated, whether any of them are being released or not. It has become a major political football as well. There's people who are generally uh, seen as allies to the uh, uh, to the religious Zionist cause, find themselves having to align uh, to a great extent with the government agency. In this case, with the Shin Bet, uh, this has turned into a major episode, and we need your help to try to you know understand what's happening here and what to think about all of this. And God forbid, could this you know, if not handled properly, really split the people in Israel even further than they are now?
9: It, it is as sensitive an issue as you can have. And uh, the the incident that took place, uh, as you know, became a major international incident, and it's one that is discussed all the time. I think there was a lot of pressure brought to bear on Israel, to both domestically and internationally, to... Uh, find those culpable for for the attack, and it was condemned by people across the political spectrum, obviously. Um, and then and now, the truth is, we just don't know. Those of us sitting here, and those of us, those, and and many of the leaders in Israel, and I've spoke to some, uh, they don't know either. I mean, they know what the what the police reports are, the security agencies reports are, and it will. Uh, there are supposed to be charges coming against more and more people, uh, but so far they haven't, and they had to release uh, some of those held because of, of insufficient evidence, according to the courts. So the bottom line is, we just don't know. But there have been, uh, you know, many accusations about Tagmachir, the, the uh, actions by the, uh, the um, these young people who who they call the the mountain kids, the kill kids, whatever, um, we don't know who did it. We don't know what they've actually carried out. But whatever the source, it has to be addressed, and that means whether it's Arabs or Jews, if there are terrorist activities, regardless how justified somebody may feel their actions are and that they're doing it for the good of the country or, or their perception of it, they don't have a right to take the law into their own hands. And the government has a responsibility to, to address it, especially when lives are threatened. They have to do it, though, universally, and the same resources have to be applied to finding out those who incite, those who Yeah, I,
0: I, th- I think most people listening agree with you, but why in this case?
9: Because it, there was death of a baby, because it was you no, no, know, no, such the, a brutal but, act. Right. And, but that was, And the international pressure was very great, and because Israel, is, Israel... As the Israeli people rejected.
0: Yeah, that's not. But that's not my question. My question is why? Why in this case is there such suspicion that people who are innocent are being held? I mean,
9: but we don't know if they're innocent. I think. But, we have to but let this play out.
0: I agree with you that we don't know. I, I just
9: don't know. I I, I can't answer it because I don't have access to the information that would be necessary. But is
0: it simply a groundswell of support because people believe, it, it, built, unfortunately, believe in in this cause? that they're justified or you know should be supporting those who you know went ahead and, and did this is, is is it for that reason
9: well I think also the fact that uh, that the reports and the press coverage of of uh, alleged torture or, right. or mishandling of, of kids of people these young people uh, certainly arouses uh, a strong reaction and regards of who the the, the, the uh, person carrying it out when you if if somebody a young man comes out and tells the stories that some of these people have told again we don't know what's true and not true the the lawyers uh, seem to validate the story but of course it's 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 in their client's interest
0: so those who
9: it's very frustrating but but they can't be you can't allow uh security for for whatever reason just to run rampant
0: those who generally align themselves with the religious zionist camp And we know that there's different, um, there's different, uh, emotions, different, uh, opinions in that camp about what should or should not be done. But those, do they, do they politically find themselves now between a rock and a hard place? Because they don't want to, obviously they, they would want to take the position you've just taken that, you know, proper justice has to, has to be meted out. But at the same time, they're worried about the, you know, the hardcore religious Zionist camp and some of its, Components that could you know harm them politically.
9: Well, I don't think the hardest core uh, religious Zionist camp endorses these activities, and uh, nor would they support them. So I, I'm not sure that you have that. I mean, Hello, can you hear me?
0: Uh, now we got you back. Go ahead.
9: Oh, I said that even the m- most uh, stringent of the of what you described as the religious uh, strong religious Zionist camp would endorse these activities they rejected and they would want to see those who are responsible brought to justice they don't want to see a, a um, uh, you know a crackdown on, that is unjustified or any kind of blanket accusations but they certainly i think would reject and have rejected these kind of activities and it's not just this one attack i mean there are unfortunately been uh, others as well that, that are believed to have been uh, carried out by the people, individuals who do, they do not approve of, them, who are not really associated with them. They're independent. They are yeah. often take the, the people who are uh, loan operatives.
0: So when you saw the infamous wedding video at this point, um, I mean, I, I, I assume you just felt that was outrageous. A public celebration of that type of thing. I, I assume you just felt that was outrageous. Yes. Right. I'm just saying. So... I guess we could apply that type of behavior to what we would call, I don't know, a fringe group within the religious Zionist movement? Would that be an, uh, an appropriate yeah, way? Yeah, I, I
9: think also that can't exaggerate when those people are singing a song or something that uh, you know, that, that equates with uh, 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 other activities. But the glorification of, of uh, murder of that kind is not
0: acceptable. Authorities arrested a Rochester man they say was planning a New Year's Eve terror attack Thursday. Prosecutors say 25-year-old Emanuel Luchman was targeting a bar in Rochester to prove to the Islamic State group he was worthy of joining the militants in Syria. I didn't even realize there was an entrance exam at this point. I didn't realize, <laughs> I didn't realize you had to, you had to prove yourself to become a member of ISIS. You had to actually carry.
9: No, but this guy seems to be, certainly has a history of mental instability. He was a, a self-proclaimed convert. Um, they provided the weapons. I, I, I don't think that this is the most serious case. The, but there are, and, and the fact that this gets highlighted, and then the media says, "Well, look at all the qualifying conditions of, of what he was going to do or didn't do." This year was a record year. They, they announced that sixty there were sixty arrests of uh, of uh, the terrorists in terrorist plots and, and activities, sixty people who were charged with terrorism in 2015 in the United States. I'm talking about, and there were 15 uh, cases that were brought against uh, such individuals during this year it may not sound like a lot but is in fact a very significant number because to rise to that uh, level where they actually charge people and uh, have enough information to to be able to substantiate a charge and and to me what was most disturbing is that 55% of those who were charged were under 25 and about i think a third were under 21 years of age wow and that is, uh, I think, a very serious thing. It's not the same demographics that they had seen in the past, for instance, with al-Qaeda recruitment.
0: Unbelievable. Iran's President Rouhani has ordered an expansion of the country's ballistic missile development program in a move seen as a response to possible new U.S. sanctions against Iranian officials and businesses. Is the U.S. really going to implement new sanctions?
9: Well... Uh... We had expectations, as you know, this week there was a very serious incident, and I think it got underplayed. Uh, again, I don't know why, whether deliberately or just uh, lack of resources or lack of interest, but in the Straits of Hormuz, which Iran controls essentially, uh, the USS Truman, an aircraft carrier, came under uh, came under rocket fire, not directed at it but directed near it about 1,500 yards away, which may sound like a lot, but is in fact not when you're firing rockets from an Iranian ship. Uh, there was also another American ship nearby and, and uh, a frigate from Britain, um, and they, they fired a series of rockets, uh, and this is a, a direct provocation. The... Uh, this follows the two missile launches, ballistic missile launches that we have talked about, That I think one in September, one in October, in clear violation of Security Council uh, resolutions. So Iran is putting down the markers, and if there isn't kind of really strong action, if they don't see that there are... Um, Sanctions and other things, and, and supposedly the sanctions that were announced are put on hold. Uh, I don't know whether that's just technical or, or whether it's because they they are backing off of it. But, you know, you, you, it is essential because the message, both to our allies in the region. Now, we had also this week, you know, the Iranian um, ship that took... 600 pounds, uh, which is about 300 kilograms of enriched uranium, away to Russia, and that's all of their supposed 20% enriched uranium plus uh, ad- additional amounts. Uh, the uh, this you have to remember is stuff that they can, if they want to um, uh, replenish, and and they're allowed to go ahead with the development of more advanced centrifuges. So it means that they can replenish it in a. In a quicker way, uh, should they decide to go back to it, uh, but we haven't seen yet the reports on how, what other steps that they've taken because we're rushing towards implementation day, meaning the day when they are judged to be insufficient of compliance, so that the uh, sanctions can be removed and the you know this inf- the the flow of money of billions of dollars uh, uh, w- w- will go to them um, and. The, the, we're going to see uh, legislation, I'm afraid, about whether states will be able to level their own sanctions and issues regarding the Iran Revolutionary Guard. I know many members of Congress are now talking about new sanctions, which uh, Khamenei said would be a violation of uh, of the agreements and that they would uh, renege as well if they um, if that is the case. But... Uh, we don't believe that they are much too much at stake. You know, they, they continue all of their aggressive activities all around the region, in South America, in the Middle East, in Africa. We've seen no reduction whatsoever. And at the same time, American firms are preparing now for the lifting of sanctions. They're preparing contracts. They're, they want to be at the front line because they don't want to be left behind on a, on a market of 77 million people. And uh, they want to move if as soon as the sanctions are lifted. And you're going to see uh, the change now. The drop in oil, though, diminishes a lot the expected uh, flow of, of Iranian oil back into the market. If anything, it may suppress prices even more. Um, but uh, it would add maybe half a million barrels a day uh, to the exports from the Middle East by mid-2016. Uh, so there are... So many levels within levels about uh, about this, and you know there's a new uh, visa waiver uh, legislation that Congress is it's introduced um, and, and that the president and actually signed off on to it's the visa waiver program to protect security in the United States by making it more difficult to get it, and Iran is impacted because it's a U.S. designated state sponsor of terrorism, so. Uh, the answer is that Iran should not be a state sponsor of terrorism. They'll be off the list. And, but if they exempt Iran, if they keep going and, and uh, removing the restrictions and any kind of sanctions and punishments against Iran that violates not only human rights international terrorism, but the ballistic missile tests, these, these direct confrontations uh, with us, their activities in Syria and, and Iraq, for sure, uh, it will only encourage others to do the same, to see that the West is weak. It will force others to, to look to other directions, as they do now, uh, to Russia, sure. which, is, uh, it, which today controls what's happening in, in, uh, in Syria, the, the shifting alliances that they have there. You know They back the Free Syrian Army and the Kurdish militias. The Saudis and Turkey support the Army of Islam, which is about 20,000 guys. And what's interesting now is we see that al-Qaeda is beginning to come back, especially in fighting against Saudi Arabia, the the UAE, other areas. But we're seeing their presence again
0: emerging. I I wonder how quickly people are going to start regretting those who don't already regret the Iran deal. That is
9: a very interesting point, because if you look at some of the criticisms this week about it and about Iran, they're coming from Democrats, Democrats who were vocal supporters of the legislation, not just uh, from Republicans. So uh, I think that uh, there is some buyer's remorse. It's not. People haven't said that they thought it was wrong to do it, but they're going to demand implementation of the full legislation, meaning the sanctions, and looking to um, uh, make sure that these provocations from Iran and Iran's threats the threats against the United States the threats against Israel uh, continuing threats to destroy Israel their activities with Hamas and, with the Hamas Hezbollah with uh, um, uh, their, their threats against Saudi Arabia and the Gulf states Iran is still the focal point of international terrorism and with the focus on ISIS and our IS or ISIL depending upon who you listen to, um, should not deter from the fact that the really critical threat is Iran and will remain so during this
0: year. Yeah It's hard to predict what type of uh, escalation terrorism in general is going to have this coming year. God forbid. I mean we don't want, we don't want it obviously, but it's just every time something happens or uh, you know oftentimes when um, we reference events that are going on different places in the world, uh, people as an almost knee jerk reaction they 'll say, "Well, you know it's coming here soon, and I know it's already come here, but you know what I 'm saying. We right. see this random attack by the way, this morning, or I should say uh, this afternoon in Tel Aviv now one is dead, seven are injured in a shooting attack. Rehov diszingoff, and you know we we think it's as unique to Israel, and we know that it's not, and you know what type of wake up call we're going to need, God forbid, to understand that at a moment 's notice." You know, terrorism can uh, can take over. I mean, I assume everything... So a
9: prediction for this year will be watch Iran in South America. I talked about it on the show, but I'm telling you that this will emerge as a critical issue. And uh, uh, whether the government or not, or not, does or does not until now, they do not really focus on it seriously. I think that you will see a growing rift between Russia and Iran in Syria. I think that their interests are, are bound to diverge. At various points, it doesn't mean that they won't continue in other ways, because you know they're, they're not bound in the same way we do to consistent policies. They are. Russia is investing a lot in the energy sector in Iran. They signed a lot of deals. They're they're trading in in significant ways. Uh, but you see that the reports that Iran is pulling out its troops from from Syria not only because and, and to Iraq uh, because of of Russia's activities and because of uh, various considerations. Not that they're lessening their involvement, they're still paying for the Russian, the weapons that Russia uses, but, uh, and, and Iranian money is still going to, to help underwrite it. As you know, Russia's economic conditions are, are pretty bad. Um, so they're building reactors in Iran. Russia's building reactors still to match the Boucher reactor. Um, and Iran's banks are broke. They need a, a lot of money. Uh, So the two of them um, are are in cahoots on a lot of stuff, but I think that you might see uh, 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 more tensions between them and the continuing confusion in Syria because of the vast number of of parties that are fighting and and without the emergence of any central grouping.
0: What's interesting, though, going back to the beginning of your statement on this one, is that I had pointed out to you a couple of weeks ago that we really have not focused at all, not even us, because you usually focus on stuff that the media, the general media will not, uh, about South America and the Iranian influence. And and at that time you did say that, you know, we, we should know what. And now you're saying, you know, put it on the calendar, so to speak, for 2016. I mean, how much more could the general media and it seemed Washington ignore this if it's, you know, if it's about to rear its ugly head even further?
9: It's not about to and. I, I have discussed this for a long time. Right, but we, it, it we, sounds no, like... No, could... I, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm yeah. saying we monitor it, and so I have to believe that they know. But I will tell you that a high-ranking intelligence person said to me, look, frankly, South America is not a priority for us, or Latin America. It's Mexico. What do you mean it's not a priority? It's right. got to be the biggest priority. There are 30,000 agents of Iran operating in South America. And this is not my guesstimate. This is the work done by a remarkable young guy who has been studying this in great depth. Um, He's based in Washington, and nobody in the administration even listens to what he has to say. And he has uh, photos he's shown me. He has how the uh, Iranians have expanded their military production, et cetera, in in Venezuela. They're active in all the countries. Now, thank God, I think the uh, election in Argentina can set them back there a little bit. But uh the, the extent of their activity, even in Colombia and Panama, traditionally considered more pro-American countries, has expanded rapidly. And, they, and they're going to fight us from two hours away not and, and across our border in Mexico, not from from the Middle East. And how this doesn't get more attention, and, and it's one of the many frustrations that we have, and I've talked to people in the White House and State Department repeatedly about it, Uh, I think, and that's why I'm saying that, I think that that pot is going to boil over, and it could well happen in 2016 in ways that will not be able to be ignored anymore.
0: All right. We'll reconvene next week. Thank you for a uh, a wonderful weekly update. Have a great Shabbos, and we'll speak again next week. God willing, and good Shabbos. There he is, Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Even on uh, New Year's Day, we have a weekly update for you here. At J.M. in the A.M. This time each and every oh, before we get to um, what did I want to do? There was one, oh yeah, I wanted to get this Mazel Tov wish in. Want to take this opportunity and wish a Mazel Tov, a huge Mazel Tov, going out to Aaron Yashaya, Gifter of Staten Island celebrating his Bar Mitzvah this Shabbos. Mazel Tov to Rabbi Mrs. Yaakov and Shoshana, Gifter and all the siblings. Shaya, according to Bubby and Zadie, we know you're absolutely going to knock it out of the park. We're thrilled to be spending this very special Shabbos together with you and your family. Special Mazel Tov to Shai's Flatbush grandparents, Ari Benjamin and Sara Gifter. and extra special Mazel Tov to the great-grandparents, Bubby Gifter of Cleveland, Zaydi Lou Lawrence of North Miami Beach, and Grandma Roberta Eisenman of Muncie. Honored to share the Nachas Mazel tov from Bubby and Zaydi, Florida. So Mazel tov, tov to you from all of us here at JM in the AM. This time each and every Friday morning, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure we present Rabbi Benjamin Uden, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning... the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin.
10: Good morning, Nachum. Good Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Shmos. We begin the second book of the Torah, the book of Shmos, called by our Chachamim, Sefer HaGu'ula, the book of our redemption. And while there are no formal Mitzvos of the 613 within Parshas Shmos, I'd like to point out a very important principle which is found in the parsha and I would urge you to please bring your Chumashim to the table and take a look at the last 3 psukim before Shvi the last three psukim of chapter 4. And what does the Torah tell us? Vayelech Moshe ve'aron, Moshe and Aaron, who were sent by Hashem to go and be his ambassadors to liberate the Jewish nation from Egypt, Moshe and Aaron go vayasfu, and they gather as called ziknei b'nei Yisrael the elders of the Jewish people. Pasuk 30, Vayidaber Aaron is called Hashem el-Moshe. Aaron spoke all which Hashem had spoken to Moshe, namely that you're going to come to Paro and you're going to perform the signs before Paro. But Paro is not going to listen. And Vayasa Osos and they, Aaron, and Moshe literally performed the signs before the people. The signs of Moshe taking his staff, throwing it on the ground, it becoming a snake. Moshe putting his hand inside his bosom and it became lepros. And the third sign was Moshe taking from the water of Egypt and turning it into blood. So, osos ha'am. Last four words in Pasuk 30. And Aaron literally performed the signs before the people. Vayamein ha'am. Pasuk 31. And the people believed. and they heard. Hippokar Hashem that Hashem remembered the Jewish people, the and that he saw their affliction, and they prostrated and they bowed. Okay, if I were to ask you, what does it mean, and they believed? Well, it's coming right after the four words that the signs were performed in front of them. At first glance... It was the signs that convinced them, and now they believed that Hashem sent Moshe and Aaron, and that they were getting out of Mitzrayim. This is not the way the Medrash Rabbah on this puzzle learns this puzzle. I'd send you to Shmos Rabbah. Chapter 5, paragraph 13, and there, the midrash says, Yoho, I might have thought, Lohe Minu Achiroha Osos, that they did not believe in God until they actually saw the signs. Says the midrash, Lo, no, you got it all wrong. Elova they heard, Ki-pokar Hashem. That God had remembered, Al o They believed that God heard, Velo Al Reiasa and they did not believe as a result of the signs, Uba And what really was it that they believed? They believed the formula that they had heard from Moshe, namely, they had a tradition from Yaakov who passed it on to Yosef, who passed it on to his brothers, and his brother Usher passed it on to his daughter Serach Bas Usher, who was still alive, and what was that? That a Redeemer that comes along, and pronounces those words, Pokod Pokadati, I have literally, surely remembered what my people, he, he is the Goel Shel MS And when Moshe comes and he says, Pokod Pokadati, he says those exact words, Miyad v'yamein Ha'am. So, a very important principle emerges from this Medrash, and that is the following, that it is not the signs, but it is that they had faith that there would be a Redeemer. And the Redeemer who comes and identifies himself is reenacting that faith, bringing it to the forefront, meaning that in the DNA of the Jewish people, when the Torah says in Vayera, why does Hashem love Avraham, Save as Beso Because Avraham has the capacity to transmit to his household and his children afterwards, and just as by Avraham Avinu, the Torah tells us in Chapter Fifteen of Bereshit, Veheemim Bashem and he Avram believed in Hashem. This is in the DNA of the Jew to believe, and this belief was literally activated now that Moshe and Aaron come down to Mitzrayim, and so basically it's not that the signs caused the belief just the opposite. It is the belief that the Jewish people had that is what caused the supernatural events to take place in Mitzrayim and for the Geula to take place. Because indeed, this is what the Midrash tells us further. And I read to you, from the Medrash and the Yalkut Shimoni on the verse, whereby the Navi Hosea in chapter 2, Pasuk 21, 22, says, and I will betroth you to me in faithfulness. The Navi says that you should know all of our Success? B'schar It was in the reward for the faith. she'aminu That the Jewish people believed. Shor so'aleihem ruach ha'kodesh shira. What was it at the Red Sea? The Red Sea, the Jewish people took the initiative. Nachshon ben Aminadav is the one who literally jumped into the sea. And when the waters were up to his nose at that point there, after we took the first step, Hashem responded in kind with a miracle. The recent celebration of Hanukkah came about only after the effort of the Jewish nation, their unrelenting desire to utilize pure oil to consecrate the menorah, and then once again Hashem responded in kind. The Gemara in Chulin in 91b teaches that Yaakov was privileged to have his majestic dream of the latter when? Only after reaching Choran and realizing that, uh-oh, he failed to pray where his forefathers did, and he began to retrace his steps. Only when Yaakov takes those first steps and began to retrace it, to go back towards Har Maria. only then did he have the merit of Kvitzah's Haderech, that the earth contracted, and literally, miraculously, he was taken there, very, very quickly. Man has to take the first step. The daughter of Paro, earlier in this week's parsha, was determined to save baby Moshe. She had to extend her hand despite the impossible reach. But that's the point. Man's belief triggers the divine, miraculous response. And that's why there is a fantastic insightful chidushe horim, who tells us the following, that the Torah introduces the shira that we're going to read in several weeks, and we recite every single morning with the words, bayaminu b'ashem, they believed in Hashem. Wait a second, they believed in Hashem. Come on, they saw Hashem. Literally Zekeli Vamveyu, they pointed with their finger. And so what does it mean that Bayaminu they believed? They saw God in action. Where was their room for belief? So says the Kidusha Rim, yes, they saw Hashem and they were convinced of his being the master of the universe, his being in total control of nature. However, listen carefully, the reason why you have Yaminub Hashem, and immediately thereafter, Uz Yoshir, right, which means then the Jewish people sang, in reality, it should have said Uz Shur, then in the past. Yoshir is in the future. The Gemara in Sanhedrin 91b teaches that this is a source for the belief in Tchias HaMesim that the dead will come to life from the Torah. Now I ask you, why is it specifically here at the moment of the splitting of the Red Sea that we need to be taught the belief in the revival of the dead? And says the Chidush oim so insightfully that Since they saw God at the Red Sea, at that point there, there was no room for Emunah to believe. And therefore, there was one thing that they did not see at the Red Sea, and that is they did not see and could not see at that time the dead coming to life, and so it was at that point that they had seen so much, but at that point there they accepted upon themselves the emuna in Trias HaMesim. why? because a Jew cannot live without emuna it is his constant connection to Hashem. And thus, even at the moment of the great revelation, they still needed to realize emuna in Hashem. And if you think about it very powerfully, the Navi Chavakok in chapter 2, verse 4, literally, the foundation of Torah is emuna, and the David HaMelech in Tehillim one nineteen points out that the basis of Torah is the following. Says David: Kol mitzvot secha emuna. This is in verse eighty six in one nineteen. All your mitzvot are laid upon the foundation of emuna faith. Now watch. Hashem gave man the ability to change the world. What does that mean? It means as follows. The Torah tells us at the very beginning of creation that it had not yet rained. And do you know why it had not yet rained in all of the first week of creation? Because chapter two verse five Hashem had not caused it to rain, and why didn 't he cause it to rain Ayin there was no man la there was no man to work the soil, but la is not just to work it means to pray and prayer is called avo now watch it means that man was given the capacity to bring down the rain, but it only works when man has faith in his tefillah. The Gemara teaches us in Chelek, the Gemara is found in the last Perak of Sanhedrin, that unless one believes in Tchiyas they, and this is Sanhedrin 90A. If you don't believe in Tzachiyas amesim, you'll not be included in that special happening. Too many of us are frustrated that perhaps we don't get the desired response from our prayers. And I might suggest maybe it's because we ourselves do not believe in the koach hatfila. Yes, man can change the world through his prayer. But you have to invest that kind of true belief in your prayer in order for you to get the result that you want. We say it in the Ashrei three times every day. Korov Hashem. God is close to whom? L'chol asher to those that call unto Him, BMS with truth. By putting your emuna in your prayer, that is going to give it so much more efficacy. Parshas shmos, which is the portent for our future redemption, as in the past, it all started with moonah And please God, that's the way all of us are going to help bring the future Geulah. Shabbat Shalom to all.
0: 8th day, they're part of the Big Hass Concert celebration coming up January the 10th. That's happening at uh, what used to be known as Avery Fisher Hall, Lincoln Center, now David Geffen Hall, and that's January 10th, HassConcert.com, H-A-S-C, Concert.com, for all the information. New Year's Day here in the U.S. and I guess around the world. Uh, Coming up, I believe we have an encore presentation of uh, Naomi Nachman and the... Let's see. Uh, I believe we have an encore presentation of Naomi Nachman and the table for two. Let's see if I'm right. Yeah, table for two for the... uh, Not an encore presentation. This is a fresh new presentation. Susie Fishbein joins uh, Naomi. I think I'm correct that it's a brand new presentation. Coming up next, you can see the video of the entire program. Uh, all you gotta do is, um, uh, go to the homepage, com, And of course, you can hear the audio right after us here at dot and on the NSN app. This week on Table for Two, starting just 15 minutes from now, Naomi Nachman's guests are Susie Fishbein and Jeff Braverman. Jeff Braverman from New Jersey Y Camps, where they're setting up the Susie Fishbein Culinary Institute. Also joining is Maishi Deitch and Shlomo Benjamin of Aufschnitt Meats producers of Kosher Breed Jerky. Uh, that is all happening today. Boy, not only is it an encore presentation, it's an unbelievable first-run show. Uh, table for Two comes up 15 minutes from now. Naomi Nachman with Susie Fishbein, Jeff Braverman. they will talk about the Susie Fishbein Culinary Institute at the New Jersey Y Camps. Um... Also joining is Maishi Deitch and Shlomo Benjamin of Aufschnitt Meats producers of kosher breed jerky. So all of that happening between nine and 10 this morning on our stream right after JM in the AM. And of course, Kedden presents the incredible error of Shabbos music mix. Uh, that's going to be happening. That's going to be happening between 10 AM. And candlelighting time. Candlelighting at 418 on this era of Shabbos. 418 is your official candlelighting time for this era of Shabbos. Here are the Y studs at JM and the AM.
2: (laughs)
1: Men who covers him heart I Kutschen, hoi, 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 hoi,
11: hoi, 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 hoi,
0: JM in the AM, Schwebel, Sarf, and Levine with the, uh, Curry Bone. Off of their volume number four. The Y studs before that with Manucha Vasimcha here at JM in the AM. Uh, I thank you all for tuning in. It is, uh, it's interesting to be here on the 1st of January, illegal holiday, and I thank Malcolm Homeline for making the time for our weekly update. If you missed any of it, you could find it in the app as we speak. You will find the weekly update in the app and on nanachemsegal.com. Uh, check it out in its entirety. If you missed anything that we spoke about this morning, you'll be able to catch it. And uh, next week again, of course, a weekly update will return Friday morning right here at JM&AM. Don't forget our social media sites. If you've never liked the page on Facebook called Nahum Siegel Network, please do so immediately. If you've never liked the page Nahum Siegel Network on Facebook, please do that ASAP. Uh, that will keep you up to date on everything that's going on here in terms of the latest and greatest of what we're presenting. Candlelighting at 4.18 on this era of Shabbos Parsha Shmoes. 4.18 is candlelighting time. Time to take a Shabbos with Journeys at JM&AM. Sheryl and Achim, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM Dial, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org. up. A wonderful week here at JMNAM. Again, my thanks to Matis and Mayer and Mayer and Randy and everybody who took over in my absence. Great to be back over the last couple of days. Thank you to Malcolm Homeline. <coughs> Excuse me. For joining us for the weekly update. Naomi Nachman is next. JMNAM.org and on the NSN app of the great show is Susie Fishbine, Jeff Braverman, um, and a whole bunch of wonderful guests. That's coming up next. JMNAM.org and on the NSN app. Plus, you can watch it on the homepage of MalcolmSiegel.com. Matis with JM Sunday, Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern time on the stream at jm.org and the NSN app. Have a wonderful Shabbos, great weekend. Until Monday, Nachum Segal, reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.